Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Man, the past couple days have been good weather time. Can Tennessee win a basketball game and lose a basketball game at the same time time? That's something we're going to have to talk about time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you. Here on Thursday, late afternoon, early evening, as per usual, seems to be the witching hour at which we can have the window to record some of these podcasts coming to you from uh, what's just an absolutely beautiful day here in East Tennessee. past couple days have just been absolutely beautiful. I think it's going to rain all weekend, but just, man, unseasonably warm, beautiful, great weather. Not just me on this podcast, joined by a guy who, uh, unlike me, took advantage of today by going out and getting some exercise in, getting a run in on this beautiful day. Let's go down to the uh, Blount County Satellite Office of GoVols 24-7 down in Maryville and bring in Grant Ramey. Grant, what's going on? It's the only way to live. you got to get some exercise in. You'll go crazy if you sit around and watch Tennessee basketball for long enough. <laughs> that's true. I went to uh, the dentist today. Does that count as exercise? I'm not sure. Yeah, that's, that's fun. Yeah, it was uh... – that's an exercise in torture. Yeah, the uh, the like the normal hygienist. She uh, is on maternity leave, so it was the new hygienist, and you know she was she was doing the cleaning thing. Got a little got a little sensitive, and uh, she uh, was saying, "Did you change your toothbrush re- recently?" I was like, "I don't know, but I, apparently I've changed my hygienist. Maybe that's <laughs> part of it." It's just messing with her. She's a sweet girl. It's all right, and I had no cavities, so I feel like I should get uh, money from the tooth a, from the tooth fairy. Yeah, is that how that goes? Get a tree. You get a treat. Good job. Is that how that goes? Is that how the tooth fairy yeah. works? It's been a while. We don't have kids yet, and I'm getting old, so I don't remember. Is that how it works? No cavities? Yes, that's how it works. No cavities. Uh, lose a tooth. It's all the same. Get some money. Get some cash. Let's see if I can segue this. Uh, there were some cavities for Tennessee basketball on Wednesday night uh, at, uh, I was going to say Thompson Bowling Arena, down at Memorial Gymnasium in Nashville, uh, the 25th ranked Vols who had been 5-5 five and five in their past 10 games, uh, got what should have been a break. Um, they, they played a Vanderbilt team that did not have its two best players. Uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. and Dylan Deesu were, were both out of the game, uh, could not play. Also, Cleavon Brown was not able to play. Um, and, his, and he shall be Cleavon, and he shall be a good man. But he was not able to play on Wednesday night either. And Tennessee really should have won that game really, really comfortably. Ended up not being the case. Uh, a 17-point lead early in the second half became a four-point game down the stretch. Tennessee was able to kind of go on and finish the game 170-58. to 58, But uh, 
Grant, I, 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 I've said this for years. I'm not going to change that stance now. You do not apologize for wins, especially in conference play, especially against an in-state rival. I, I don't care. You know, you, you win the game. That's a good thing. You shouldn't apologize for it. But that was that was as far as wins go. That was like the closest a win could feel to a loss. Am I overstating that? No, you're not. And, and there are positives. Um, if there's been a positive the last couple of weeks, it's been Victor Bailey Jr. If there's been a positive the last basically six games minus uh, one performance, it's been Jaden Springer. Um, if there's been another positive, it's when you needed answers late against Vanderbilt. It was Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson who came up with some answers and helped you get some breathing room. That um, there's also a lot of negatives. You cannot keep turning the ball over 16, 17, 18 times in these games. You can't have Keon Johnson being your biggest turnover problem. He's got 23 over his last five games now. Uh, that can happen. Um, and, yes, when it's a Vanderbilt team missing their leading scorer, their second leading scorer, who is also their leading rebounder, and another forward in Cleveland Brown who, you know, has started some games and averages, you know, decent numbers, that's a team when you're up 17 in the second half, you put them away and you coast to the finish line. You don't let a team go from 17 down to back within five with 349 left, whatever it was right there at that final media timeout. You just don't let that happen. Um, but Tennessee keeps letting that happen. Tennessee keeps letting Tennessee's bomb away, uh, opponents bomb away from the three-point line on them. I mean, Vandy made 13. They also shot 31, but they made 13. They made eight of them in the second half. Um, South Carolina made 10 last week. Uh, LSU and Kentucky made seven each. I mean, the, the common thread there is Tennessee's perimeter defense apparently because all these teams are, are shooting pretty well from the three-point line against them so there's positives there's negatives you don't apologize for a win like you said but you could ask for more in a win which Tennessee should be asking a lot more in a win yeah I agree now now I, I will say that that for much of this season it, it's you know people have probably in my opinion at least made too much of Tennessee's three-point defense and talked about it being a concern when statistically it's been okay. You know, it's been top 25, I believe, for, for most of the season in, uh, in three-point percentage allowed. So, I, you know, and when you give up 58 points in a game, it's hard to say defensively you didn't do the job, right? I mean, it's kind of – it's hard to say that. Uh, no matter who you play, you hold them to less than 60. You know, it's hard to complain too much about that. And I will say, in fairness also, that, that Vanderbilt made – some really, really tough threes in that game. It was pretty clear to them. You know, Pippen's kind of the the drive-draw-dish guy. He's one of the most ball-dominant players in the league. And, and Disu's a guy who who really can score in a lot of different ways, can take the ball uh, into, the, into the paint and score, can step outside and score. Uh, but without those two guys, they just almost were not messing around in the lane. I mean, I think in the first 35 or so minutes of that game, they had like six – two-point buckets that they made they may have only made eight in the entire game in terms of two-point buckets and some of those threes they were taking were, were, were not normal threes these were like Steph Curry range threes uh, they took some that were just you know near the near the tip of the star basically there at the midcourt logo uh, and some of those went in and, and that was clearly what Vanderbilt had to do that was the only way Vanderbilt was going to score in that game was to light it up from three so Tennessee should have run Vandy off the line better um it didn't in some cases, but but I don't know. For me, I see a trend there, obviously, and that's a concern. But I think when you hold somebody to, to less than 60, I, I have a hard time complaining too much about that. What's really, really bothering me is the offense, specifically the turnovers. Uh, it's something that 
and, and you know, just in this, this is kind of how the way last night went, you know, Rick Barnes, uh, the, the Wi-Fi down there in Vanderbilt's 300 year old gym uh, down there in the concrete bowels of it was sort of struggling. So Barnes got cut off twice and was really not happy about it. But uh, so we but I kept trying to ask him about the turnovers and, and eventually we got the answer uh, is so many of these turnovers have absolutely nothing to do with what the opponent's doing. They have nothing to do with um, just sort of a you know a schematic problem. They have nothing to do with anything other than guys doing really, really dumb things, like taking too many steps after they catch the basketball, like spinning into double teams, like throwing passes two feet high to someone ten feet away from you, like um, you know picking up your dribble in traffic, like you know spinning your way into double teams, which they do way too often, leaving your feet to pass, which they do way too often. Some of these are things that like a middle school coach would bench you for. And the fact that we're sitting here now, I mean, it's been a weird year. I get it, COVID, all these things. There's no excuse for this late in the season for a team that plays this many guards who can handle the ball to have this many turnovers. And I'll be honest, Grant, this season will go absolutely nowhere if they keep doing this. No, and I don't want to be, you know, overly pick on the kid, but right now it's Keon Johnson. He's the biggest. I mean, take away his six turnovers last night and you have 10 as a team. I can live with 10 as a team on the road. Yeah, yeah. It is It is what it is. I think when Tennessee, Tennessee started 10-1 and one in the season, through those first 11 games, they averaged 9.9 uh, turnovers per game. In the 11 games since then, they're six and five. They're averaging 14.3 turnovers in those games. That's, you know, that's a huge increase and that's a huge problem. And and I don't think you learn in late February how to value the ball. I I don't know if you can, you got to ask Keon Johnson to limit his turnovers. But outside of that, I don't know how much you really can improve this late in the season and expect to, you know, uh, the light bulb to go off. I mean, and and Keon's got to take better care of the ball. It's, It's the careless stuff. I mean, he was under the rim wide open for a dunk at Vanderbilt last night, and he gets called for a travel somehow. I'm not really sure how that happens. Yeah, I, was, I don't know I, if he's, I was going to bring that one up in particular. That one was just baffling. I don't know if he's just thinking too much, trying to do too much is what Rick Barnes said after the game. I don't know. He's got to slow down. Uh, he's got to go back to the, the school of just defense and rebound and, and give what you can get on offense and don't try to press anything. Keep the ball moving on the offensive end. Don't try to handle it too much because right now, every time he tries to handle it, it feels like a turnover. But I mean, if he can just limit, he can't have 23 turnovers in a five-game stretch. He can't have five a night or whatever the number is. He's got to cut it down to one or two, uh, and I think Tennessee would be fine. But but right now, they got a turnover problem, and he's the biggest problem. I got to wonder if everything he's playing for right now is, is playing a part in it. You know, I, I, that's just a natural thing. Maybe it's not fair to, to put that out there when we're not sure about it, but I, I just – you know, he's playing for potentially the difference in millions and millions of dollars. And, and yeah, I, but, and but here, wonder... here's the thing with that, though. What what teams are drafting him on or, or why he's so high up on these mock drafts has nothing to do with what he's doing right now. It has everything to do with how his career, how his basketball career has, you know, the trajectory it's on, the athlete he is, the defender he can be. Uh, they're not drafting him for his jump shot right now, clearly because it's not good enough. His three-point shot, clearly because it's not good enough his ball security clearly because it's not good enough. They're drafting because he's an explosive, elite, quick to quick twitch athlete. Say that five times fast. Yeah, that's tough. Um, defender, two-way guard. I mean, he's a great athlete, and he can develop his jump shot in the league. He can develop his three-point shot in the league. 
he can learn to take care of the basketball much better as his NBA career develops. So if anything, he should relax and just know that, you know, a lot of the work is in terms of where he's going to get drafted has already been done because he hasn't, you know, outside of a few games, he hasn't been incredibly impressive as a freshman, but he's still so far up, you know, like number seven on some of these mock draft boards. Yeah. And I, I think the, the reason I was bringing that up is because, because I, I, I think I know that. I think you know that. I think Rick Barnes knows that. I, I don't know if Keon Johnson understands that right now. That's why I'm wondering if, if some of this is becoming an issue. But, but the reason that, that I talk about the turnovers is because obviously, you know, they're, they're dumb and generally you can't have them. But I, we, we don't need to have like a long discussion about this, but the way Tennessee plays offense is just not one that I sort of understand metrically, if, if metrically is a word. Um, because Tennessee, you know, Barnes is so old school in, in the way that he wants to play the game offensively. The dude's won a billion games doing this his way. I get it. He wants his teams to score from all three levels. He wants them to be uh, threats to score from all three levels. And when you look at the shot charts, they really are about 33%. In, you know, 33% inside, 33% mid-range, 33% three. They, they sort of do schematically what he wants them to do in some ways. I think the whole rim or three is the way to go, and I think teams like Alabama are showing that, teams like Gonzaga, Baylor, a lot of these teams are showing that, that there's a way that you can game the system, and the way that you play, Bruce Pearl's done this forever, there's, just, there's a way that, that you can map this thing out and the way you get your shots and how much of an impact that makes on games. If Tennessee is going to keep doing it the way Tennessee's doing it now, which is fine. Again, this is Rick Barnes' team. He's won a billion games. He's paid really well. It, it, you know, hey, the guy knows more about basketball than both of us combined. I think we would both agree with that. I just think the way that they play means that you're going to have some, some inefficient nights. And when you're having inefficient nights, you really, really, really can't turn the ball over 17 times. Because there's other possessions where you're just not getting the most you could if you were playing a different system. So I'm not pretending to know more about basketball than anyone in that program. I just don't understand why sometimes some of the ways they want to play the game. Like last night, I'm not really sure what the plan was, if there was one. But it, it, it doesn't matter as much if you don't turn the ball over 17 times. Yeah, and I mean, at this point in the year, you're not obviously changing the way you play. You True. better just execute better. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. The offense is what it is. When it when it does execute, it has looked decent at times. I mean, it's it's been a while. you got to go back to, you know, almost Missouri to open the SEC schedule uh, the last time they were really efficient, and it looked like things were moving on the offensive end and doing what they wanted to do. Um, there's other nights like Kentucky on the road when they ran in transition so much, other nights where – you know, they hit a bunch of threes or whatever, but you're, you're not changing a ton or you can't change a ton offensively this late in the season. You're going to do what you do. You better just execute better. And, and you can't learn to value the ball completely. I mean, you can't completely change who you are as a player at this point, but you better learn how to take care of it better. I don't, I don't know if Keon Johnson's pressing because they've been looking for somebody to step up and they, and they want somebody to take over. And maybe he's just trying to do too much by himself and needs to look for a little bit more help on the offensive end. I mean, Jane Springer, aside from the Kentucky home game Saturday, has been pretty much lights out the last three weeks. Uh, and, and Victor Bailey scoring the way he has the last three times out. 
I mean, that's the guy. That's exactly the guy that Tennessee wanted, the guy that's going to hit a ton of three-point shots and be a consistent scorer and can get you buckets. I mean, they still need Eve Ponds to be more consistent. He had 10 and 10 against Vanderbilt. That was a, that was a good sign, a good step forward. Uh, and they need John Fulkerson, who had four points in the first three minutes, and then I'm not sure we heard from him again aside from uh, foul trouble. So uh, it's not all on Keon Johnson, and it's not all of this offense. It's not going to get fixed immediately. Uh, but they better start executing better because you can't have six minutes without a point like you had in the first half at Vanderbilt uh, against a de- very depleted Vanderbilt team. They had four turnovers in that stretch. You can't let a 17-point lead get down to five uh, because against better teams, you're going to get run out of the gym uh, like we saw against Kentucky. It's just a shame to me when you think about it to potentially waste. I mean, regardless of how you – you may not feel like Tennessee has – just you know, a top five or top ten roster, and, and you're, you're you're fine to feel that way. Hey, there there's there you might be right, um, but I I think when you look at it, it would just be a shame to not have a deep run this postseason when you have and no one can argue against this. You have an elite defense, and that's not up for debate. You have an elite defense. You've got two freshman guards who look like they they could be first round NBA draft picks. You got a few other guys who are going to play pro. And, and you can't figure some things out offensively because you go into a game like standing on second base because of the way you play defense. It's like you start every game on base, right? It's like, you know, being a, it's like being a baseball team and every single inning you go to the plate, you start with runners on base. That's how good your defense is. And then to just screw it up this badly on offense at times, it's just, it, it, it's, it's frustrating. You know, it, it's tough to watch at times because, you know, the, they'll go, five, six minutes without scoring, and it's like, how can can that happen? And, and it's, it's, if it were just missing shots, man, that, that happens, right? That happens. But when you don't even get shots off because you do dumb things and turn the ball over, it, it's just, you know, it, it's tough to understand. It really is. Um, and there's more to discuss about that, and we will, because I, I think there, there, there's one thing I want to discuss about and I wrote about a column about this last night, um, and I think some people might disagree. I'm not even positive that it's something I believe, but it's something I've wondered about with this team. Uh, and it's something that I, in the past month or so, I haven't been able to get out of my head. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about that. But before we do that, we're going to step away, pay some bills, listen to products, add services, other fun things, and we will be back in just a second on the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here late on a Thursday afternoon, early on a Thursday evening. Grant Ramey coming to you from the Blunt County Satellite Office of Go Vols 24-7 down there in Merville, talking a lot of Tennessee basketball, also probably going to talk a little Tennessee baseball in this segment. So we got a lot to discuss. Um, you know, there's not been a ton of football news. Uh, they, they did... Uh, confirmed Tennessee did confirm what we've been reporting for a while, uh, which is that uh, Jean Marie, the uh, the uh, the Perrier NASCAR driving uh, <laughs> linebackers coach at uh, Michigan, is now going to be the linebackers coach or defensive assistant at Tennessee. So there's one spot left on Josh Heupel's full time staff. But we we got a long time and a, a long spring camp and a long off season to discuss all of that. Um, but that's the news there. So we're gonna talk mostly um, in, in this episode or epidition as we've sometimes started calling it by accident and by we I mean me uh, we're going to talk a lot of uh, mostly basketball maybe a, maybe a little bit of baseball before we do that though just a quick reminder guys take a minute out of your day right now if you can and please subscribe to this podcast please please take a second hit that subscribe button please rate and review this podcast whether you are on uh, you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify iHeart TuneIn Stitcher Anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod, you can find the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And we do this for free, and we're happy to do it, but the one thing we ask you to do is please go rate and review, and please hit that subscribe button. Uh, there is nothing you can do that will help us more than that. Uh, the way the metrics work, I can see this you know, day over day, week over week, month over month, year over year. The numbers just keep growing and growing, and it's been... It's been a really fun ride, and we're happy to do this. Um, but that's the one thing we're going to ask. If you could keep doing that, guys, that would be a big help. And also, hey, tell your friends, right? There, there's no – sometimes there's no substitute for just, hey, telling your friend, hey, you like the Vols? You got a phone? You got a laptop? You got a computer? It's 2021. You probably do. Uh, you know, go ahead and listen to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Also, this is a great time. Uh, we're offering one of the best deals of the year Honestly, one of the best deals we've ever had on the site at GoVols 24-7. We're offering 50% off of an annual subscription right now to the site, which is a really, really good deal. And on top of that, we will go ahead and give you access to CBS All Access for free. Uh, and CBS All Access is about to become Paramount Plus here in just about, oh, what is it, about a week or so, week and a half. Uh, and when that happens, you will have even more stuff. Uh, you see, so you get everything in the CBS catalog, every show ever made, uh, commercial free, new movies, including a ton of new movies. They're going to come over. Like every time you see like a Paramount Pictures at the beginning of a movie, hey, you're probably going to be able to see that one for free. Also, live sports. Uh, you get SEC football, SEC basketball. Uh, you get March Madness, NCAA tournament, uh, NFL, PGA Tour, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League. I watched Arsenal's nail-biting win today uh, over Benfica, uh, which was a really, really fun game. Watch that right there for free because of CBS All Access, about to be Paramount+. Plus. Also stuff uh, in the catalogs of, uh, of MTV, BET, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, and Comedy Central. Tons and tons of stuff that's on there. That's more than a $100 annual value that we're giving you for nothing. So we're giving you 50% off of what's already a good deal for the site. And on top of that, you get a $100 plus annual gift that you will use all the time. And you will get that for free in perpetuity as long as you're a member with us. So no one else can offer you that deal. That's why I talk about it every episode. No one else in the game can offer you all that kind of deal. It is a fantastic deal uh, in a world where it's hard to get a good deal. So take advantage of that. Grant, there's one thing I've been thinking about a lot with this Tennessee basketball team over the past month, and I've not been able to get the thought out of my head. 
and I need to preface this by saying that I think you would agree, uh, and I'll ask you about this, you know, this is, it's harder than ever in this particular season to sort of understand what's going on behind the scenes of a program. Like we have sources, we trust them, we speak with them, we think we get the lay of the land pretty well or else we wouldn't be telling you some of the things we're telling you, but this isn't journalism's not really a faith-based business right like you have to see things you need evidence you need proof and without being able to see as much in person uh, practices interviews behind the scenes workouts things like that it's hard to tell exactly as much as usual what the vibe is is that a fair statement for sure and, and that's not to say that we're not you know, able to give you insight that's not at all what I'm saying I think we offer you tons of insight and, and we can give you uh, Outside of Tennessee opening up itself, uh, we, we give you the best chance of learning what's going on behind the scenes there. But it's hard to see, and that's why, uh, you know, as someone who's sitting here, you know, from this end, writing you know, opinions for a living, you know, sometimes you have to take guesses that you normally wouldn't be taking uh, because you're not able to see as much. You're having to rely on what you hear and what you, uh, you, know, what you see from a distance uh, here in the COVID era. But I can't help but wonder – if the pressures of this season, both individually for some Tennessee players and collectively as a team, I wonder if that's getting to this team a little bit. Because physically, we can see that, hey, you know, Fulkerson's been beat up. You know, Josiah Jordan-James has been hurt. Eve Ponds has been hurt. Jaden Springer's had that ankle. You know, guys are banged up. That, that happens usually in most seasons. This one's no different. But I just can't shake the feeling that, that – you know, having so much pressure, people talking about this as a potential Final Four team coming into the season uh, while they were having to rely on some freshmen but still having that kind of upside. I wonder if them being a target for people all season long and the pressure that comes with that, I wonder if they're handling that great. Because I look at the way Fulkerson's playing um, timidly at times, and I think if it's not physical, it's got to be mental. And, it, you know, is that pressure – uh, Eve Pons, some of the things he does when he gets tentative, is that pressure? Uh, some of these turnovers, uh, guys trying to do too much, is that because of pressure? Am I? And feel free to to disagree, Grant, because I, you know, you very well might. I haven't asked you this yet um, before we hit record, which is sort of a, a rare thing. But but what, just to be honest, I mean, has that thought entered your mind at all, or are you thinking in a totally different mind space here? No, it makes sense. I mean, you can go back. Uh two or three weeks before Tennessee went to Kentucky, we were talking to Desmond Oliver uh, the Friday before that game. <clears throat> and he mentioned um, at some point in his press conference, you know, those 17, 18, 18, 19 teams, they were picked so low. They were, nobody thought anything of them. They had that chip on their shoulder from the start, from uh, October preseason practices. Um, and they went out and kind of surprised everybody and, and went from, you know, 13th in the preseason media SEC poll, whatever, to to winning the share of the league in 17-18 and doing so much the following year, obviously, and setting program records and all that stuff. Fast forward to this team and the five-star guards and everything that goes with it, all that hype, the, you know, uh, two all-SEC forwards returning and Eve and John, uh, and this was a top, 15 top 10 team like people were talking about final fours in november before anything ever happened so what what does this point there was is there was never a chip put on this team's shoulder they kind of had to manufacture a shoulder because uh, that chip on their shoulder because the lot the lofty expectations were there from the jump before they had done uh anything i think that's part of it 
Um, I think another part of it is what we talked about in November. They have all this depth of guard, but they don't really have a true point guard. Uh, and I think that's been a problem that's played out. Um, Rick Barnes is not an idiot when he does these interviews. I mean, he went on Jim Rome earlier this week and was talking about COVID fatigue, uh, kind of brought that up on his own. Uh, and he, he didn't mention players by name and since he hasn't publicly said any players that have tested positive for COVID though Rick has said in the past that he feels like most of the program has dealt with it. Um, but he did say there are players, you're seeing players that were good last year that aren't as good this year. And there's something to be said for COVID fatigue. He's not an idiot. He's not going to bring that up unless there's something to it on a nationally syndicated sports talk radio show like Jim Rome. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. That's a whole nother can of worms. Uh, all the injuries that you talked about guys being banged up. I think there's a lot of factors at play. I think one of the big ones is handling pressure and not having that chip on your shoulder like Des talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, perhaps after the season, some of the stuff about COVID fatigue will, will be easier um, to to explain because there are, you know, normally when a guy's going through some struggles, you think, okay, you know, is something wrong mentally uh, or does he have maybe like a wrist or hip or something that's ankle that's bothering him and we don't really know about it because they're trying to keep it quiet but, I mean, you look at guys, and, and I, I don't want to leap to conclusions here, but I just I keep looking at the way John Fulkerson's playing, and he just he doesn't have that spark that he normally has. And I, I just, in, in the back of my mind, and maybe it's not fair, but I can't help but wonder if something like that's going on there because you just don't see that sort of, you know, Rick Barnes uses the word thrust. And, and we laugh every time because it's, it's hilarious. But, but he uses the word thrust when he talks about the way guys play. And you, you're just not seeing that thrust from Fulkerson. Like, he, he's he's not playing with the energy that we're used to seeing from him. And, and you know, you, you wonder, on one hand, uh, is that just trying to adjust to a new role with some of these guards taking over uh, a little bit offensively? Is that him, his personality, maybe lending itself toward, you know, kind of being Homer going back into the bushes if he can uh, because his team doesn't necessarily always need him. So that plays a factor. But I, I just wonder if something like that's going on with him because it's hard to watch the video from just like 12 months ago and then you look at it now and you say, this isn't the same guy because it just does not look like the same guy at all. He just he looks frustrated. Uh, he looks timid. Uh, he looks like he doesn't want to go attack the rim. He's he's laying it up more instead of dunking. Uh, it's just, you know, I've seen a couple times this season where they've thrown lobs to him, and he pretty easily, he, he's a bouncy guy. He could go up and get those and throw those down, but he's just kind of picking them there and laying them up. just doesn't look like the same energy is there. No, it doesn't. I don't think it completely excuses his play. Um, Agreed. I don't, I, don't, I don't think you should go from a first-team All-SCC guy to a guy who's I think he's been held to less than five points in like five or six last games. I don't know, something like that, except for that South Carolina game where he kind of looked like his old self. But maybe there is something to it, and maybe we do learn something about it um, after the season, like you said. But that's not the fully that's not the full problem here. That's not the reason that this team I don't think struggles at times. It is a big reason they don't they don't get production down low. That, that's something that hurts them a lot. But it, it's not the full picture. I, I do think the expectations that were placed on him from the start, maybe that does play a part into it because Des Oliver said what he said uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, it is at the point where 
you know, this is a frustrating group to watch if you're a Tennessee basketball fan because you had such high expectations for them and you can't, you have no idea what you're going to get night in and night out. Um, so they got to figure something out before March if, if they want to stick around. Uh, and if not, it'll have a, a frustrating end to a, a frustrating, uh, basically the last, what, two months now. Yeah. And I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say, Grant, is I just don't see, and th- this is why I preface this by saying I'm not sure that, you know, with us not being around them as much in person, obviously because of the COVID stuff, we can't go near them with like a 10 foot pole right now. Um, that's just, that's the way they're setting it up. And, and honestly, I, I have no beef with that. That's what I would do in their position as well. I, I have no huge concerns with it. Um, but it, it does make you wonder sometimes when you think things like small things, like is this team having as much fun as we're used to seeing this program have? And maybe that's because normally we get pretty good access. We're around them a good bit. We get to see the way they interact with each other. We see the, the, the bond, the love that the people in that program typically have for each other. And that doesn't mean that brothers don't fight. My brother drives me up the wall. But anyone who's got a brother can understand that. But, you know, there's love there, and you can tell that. And I wonder sometimes these guys just are not – they don't look like they're having as much fun as usual. And I know that when you're ranked six in the country and then you go six and five for 11 games, you're not going to be having as much fun. Duh, Wes, duh. But I just, I keep wondering, something's missing there. And I wonder if it's just, you know, it's a weird year, the COVID thing's going around, you're wearing a mask all the time, you're, you know, you don't get 20,000 plus fans going crazy for you in the building every game. You know, you, you just don't get the same experience around campus. It's just, you know, maybe these guys are just kind of in a funk. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a personality problem. Um, I don't think it's a um, cohesion problem or getting along. I, I do think it might be a frustrations problem because they felt the same frustration that everybody has watched from the outside looking in uh, over these last 11 games. And, and I think maybe they're pressing to try to – figure things out and, and try to get it right. Um, and sometimes when you press too hard and try to do too much, uh, you turn it over 18 times and you got problems. So um, I don't know if it's a personality issue or, or what all's going on. Like you said, we, we're not around these guys at all, um, but something's got to happen. So, uh, maybe it's just one game where they perform well and something clicks and they start having a little bit fun again. But, but until that happens, it's hard to blame them if there are frustrations. That's why I get back to that P word, the pressure. That's why I just I wonder if that's if that's part of it. It's probably a combination of things. It, it's usually rarely something simple, and, and they do such a good job of targeting personalities in that program that I don't think it's any kind of a ego issue or anything like that. I, I don't I don't get that sense at all, or or sense from the players that he's playing the wrong guys, or you know. Although I I do think not playing Olivier you know, at all in the second half last night was a mistake. That's just my personal opinion. I don't get that at all, um, but they won the game, so it, it's you know what are you going to say? But I, I just, in general, I don't think that's an issue at all. I, I just you know something something just doesn't quite look right, and maybe it's just as simple as the performances haven't been great, and these guys want to be great. You know, people say, do they want to win? Do they care? Of course they do. Don't be stupid. Of course they do. No one works this hard and makes this many sacrifices to want to be mediocre. I don't believe that at all. I think these guys want to win. I think they recruit guys who want to win. Um, And last night, I think Keon Johnson, you saw that when he had 
what could only you could charitably describe it as a terrible offensive game. You know, you could say a lot worse than that. That's what I'm saying. But let's just say not his best game offensively. Six turnovers, missed shots he normally makes, frustration. But he worked his tail off defensively throughout the second half, made a couple of really high-energy plays uh, that got people going, had the dunk offensively, blocked a couple of shots. Uh, he, he's obviously not mailing anything in. He wants to play, and he wants to play hard because – you know, you saw how much frustration he had, and I think he took it all out on that dunk there late in the game. I, I think they want to win. I don't think that's the issue, Grant. I just think something is not right. Yeah, the effort's there. Um, I don't think there's any doubting that. The pieces of the puzzle are there. It's just a matter of can you figure out how to put those pieces together. I mean, we asked Rick, why did Olivier not play in the second half um, after the Vandy game? And he said they wanted to go small in the second half. Well, Fulkerson played 10 minutes in the second half. He had his third foul with uh, 19.04 left in the game. So why – I don't understand from the start why Olivier is not getting John's minutes right now because John can't perform. He's not executing. He's struggling. Uh, Olivier's shown glimpses of looking like he's, you know, kind of trying to take steps forward, you know, a little bit at a time. So I don't really understand in the first place why he's not getting Fulker, more Fulkerson's minutes. And I certainly don't understand if you're wanting to play small, which I understand put, put Eve at the five and go four guards to match up in a game like Vanderbilt Wednesday night. But if you're going to play Fulkerson 10 minutes in the second half, I don't think you can really excuse not playing Olivier at all. It's like he, he just wants to force Fulkerson to become himself. Again. It's almost it's almost like there's as much confusion, frustration with him as there is with the players trying to figure things out on the floor. Like they're, they're as confused trying to get all these pieces to fit together as he is trying to fit these pieces together himself. Yeah, I mean, you could parse words over it. I'm not sure whether Fulkerson can't perform or won't perform, but the end result is the same thing. You know, Right, he's not. You know, he's not. So that, that's, you know, I, I just think, and, and Kamal's a guy who I think has still has a bright future in this game, and I, and I wonder what's going on there. Quickly, before we step out of here, um, I'll mention baseball just for a second at the end, but um, Saturday's game, not the finale. Now they're going to get a chance to play Florida again the following Saturday have a senior day for, for people who are not coming back, which is definitely Eve Ponds. I'm pretty sure we all know he's gone. Uh, we will see what happens uh, with Fulkerson. I don't know why he would go at this point. I think he would probably want to come back, but you know, stranger things have happened, I guess. But still a big game. Tennessee still could improve this. I mean, you could still be looking at a team with a really good seed in the NCAA tournament. You could look at a team with a double bye in the SEC tournament, or you could see a team that, you know, struggles and keeps keeps doing this and then is this falls off the map a little bit but uh there's still a lot to play for tennessee big game against auburn on saturday sharif cooper who like keon johnson's a possible lottery pick in the draft he's been hurt hurt since sunday with a rolled ankle didn't play in their midweek game uh doesn't look great uh the chances for him to play on saturday uh, and I don't know why Grant. I don't know why he would want to at this point. <laughs> There's no postseason to play for. He's going to be probably a lottery pick. I don't know why he would try to go at this point. But you know, look at what Tennessee did without Florida's best players. Look what Tennessee did uh, without Vanderbilt's best players. No matter what, Bruce Pearl usually gives Rick Barnes a hard time. That's going to be a tough game for them on Saturday, no matter what. Yeah, for sure. They got to exercise some demons against Auburn. Uh, particularly at Auburn Arena, uh, need anyone be reminded of that 18-0 run uh, a couple of years ago where a timeout was not called uh, for whatever reason. Bizarre. Um, still, S- still makes no S- sense. 
the SEC tournament title game. Uh, I mean, Auburn even in, go all the way back to 2017-18 season when when they came to Thompson Bowling uh, in January and, and scored 94. Uh, and Tennessee was 0-2 in the league, and it looks like the sky was falling. So, yeah, you got to exercise some demons there. And, and Auburn didn't have Shreve Cooper, like you mentioned, um, against Florida the other night, and they looked awful. I mean, it, they were getting doubled up at halftime. It's like 44-22. They were never really in that game. So, um, if Tennessee can find answers when a team's missing its best player, um, it might be a, you know, whoever scores 40 first. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a game they need to win. they got to win if they're going to play for these – top four seeds and, and the double buy in the SEC tournament. Hey, VJ Bailey's scoring though. So that's a good thing. You know, he's he, scoring a ton. You know, he, he's got his big boy pants back on and uh, I still really like him as a player. So I'm, 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 I think that's good for Tennessee that, that he's doing what he's doing. And, and then we'll see what goes on with Tennessee the next couple of, couple of Saturdays, couple of really big games coming up and then a postseason That's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, before we step out of here though, I will mention that the Tennessee baseball team is now five and zero. Uh, the Vols, depending on – there's like 18 polls in college baseball. Uh, they're, they're, I usually go with USA Today where they're, Tennessee's number 16, but they're also 15 and some, 18 and others. They're somewhere in that mid to late teens range. Uh, they're 5-0. and uh, They put two whoopings on Arkansas Pine Bluff midweek, as you would expect them to do, hosting – hoping to host four games this weekend against Indiana State, looking at the, the weather forecast. It's going to be a lot of rain in Knoxville this weekend, but they do have that artificial playing surface, which – you know, as tough as it is for me to think of baseball being played outdoors on synthetic turf, um, the stuff they use now is better than it used to be, and it helps you um, get in games when, you know, it's raining. You can play more unless the, the range just – you can't grip the ball. You can play. The field will drain. Everything will be okay. But they're hoping uh, to play one game Friday, 4.30 Eastern, uh, a doubleheader starting 12.30 Eastern on Saturday, so a little bit of double dipping there in terms of the hoops game uh, tipping off at noon. And then they're hoping to play one game Sunday, I believe, at 1 o'clock Eastern. So they're hoping to play. Uh, a lot of their games are on the ESPN app right now. Uh, I think they are well worth watching. I think this is, could be a pretty good team. The SEC is so ridiculously good in baseball, it's hard to tell. Uh, but there are some guys on this team who are going to be some pretty good draft picks. They got a lot of depth in the lineup. Uh, they got a lot of guys who can pitch. Uh, some big arms, uh, some pop at the plate, some speed all over the the, the diamond. They're a fun team to watch, uh, and they got a lot of personality too. Drew Gilbert himself, uh, the the sophomore, uh, five foot eight uh, outfielder pitcher from Minnesota. This kid is, man, he, he he's a strong contender for Govals twenty four sevens man of the year uh, with the way the swagger with which he plays baseball. What, what was it you said, Grant? He poured himself a statue, basically, uh, in Georgia he Southern did. last weekend. He did at, at the plate. He stood there until the statue was done. It was uh, it, it's it's crazy. And, and this guy, uh, he basically admits that you know, hey, that's he's like, I'm I'm five foot eight. I'm five foot nine. Listen, I I got an edge, man. That helps me. And you know, Tony Vitello uh, lets him be him. As uh, what is it that uh, one of Josh Heupel's former players said recently uh, about Heupel. He, 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 lets you, he lets you hang your nuts when you're out there playing. You know, he lets you play. Um, he lets you be who you are. And, and so I think it's, this is a fun Tennessee baseball team to watch. It's going to be a fun season. We're going to have a lot to discuss about them on the podcast, try to get Vitello uh, on here at some point. Uh, he'd be a pretty good interview. He usually is. Uh, but they're, they're worth watching. They're, they're fun. If you, if you get a chance this weekend and the weather holds, um, give it a shot. Plus, hey, it's, um, you can go out there and watch them in person too. Uh, if the weather's good enough, because uh, you can get out there and, and see some games and you can socially distance out there in the crowd. So 
they are they're, they're worth watching. Uh, I think they're uh, they're 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 a good watch. Grant, anything else on your mind with uh, with basketball recruiting? Anything else that I haven't asked you? We didn't uh, mention Florida. So Tennessee has two games left on schedule. Auburn Saturday. We mentioned the SEC added a Florida home date, which was postponed back in uh, February. February tenth was the original schedule for that. They're going to play that game on Sunday, March seventh. Tennessee will not have a midweek game next week. So that South Carolina game in January at South Carolina, they got postponed. That's never. That's not going to get made up. Uh, that one got thrown away. Tennessee could uh, use third. that. Tennessee could use that game probably. Right, right. That's. I think one of the reasons they put that game on Sunday is because Florida plays on March third, so they're going to have to turn around and play Tennessee um, after Tennessee did not have a midweek game. So Tennessee should have uh, a full week off before that Florida game, and then a few days off before the SEC in, uh, tournament in the postseason starts. So uh, that's the that's the scheduling note. That's the last. You know, fingers crossed knock on wood that's the last scheduling update you're going to need since he's going to play auburn at auburn then they're going to host florida on a sunday which is going to be really weird and then they're going to get ready for the postseason that is weird i wonder how rick barnes feels about that you don't you don't see a lot of regular season games uh for rick barnes on a sunday that's uh that, that's the that's the non-conference uh when you're you're hosting unc Asheville in uh uh, November after a Tennessee football Saturday game, uh, bring on the non-conference game on Sunday. So it'll be a throwback. Does that give Tennessee an advantage with uh, with Deacon Barnes being Deacon Barnes or the, the right Reverend Rick Barnes? Does that give you enough? He's, uh, he's a- going to pass. He's going to pass around the offering plate. There you Thompson go. Bowling there you go with uh, McDonald's bags and everything. Lots and lots. Hey, of, uh, hey, that's just mean. Oh come on, man! If you can't laugh at yourself a little bit, what are you doing, right? Uh, right. I think, Grant, I'm pretty sure that about does it, unless you got anything else, which is, I'm amazed that you already said you had something else. So I'm going to ask you again, hoping that you'll say what you normally say, which is? Nothing. I'm hanging up. Click. There you go. That's that's Grant Ramey. And uh, he, he did it again. He always just hangs up and makes us hear that awful Zoom sound at the end of the podcast. And it happened right at the time when I started the music, so I can't really edit it out. So let that lesson be that uh, he's the worst. He remains the worst. Guys, thanks for listening. You can find all of us on Twitter. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7, which we update all the time, uh, pretty much throughout the day, all day, every day. Uh, at least once every hour it seems like pretty much every hour of the day so tons and tons of good stuff there but if you want the best most delicious sparkling clear east tennessee mountain spring water just right from the tap right from the tap go get that at govals247.com the best site on all of al gore's internets to get coverage of tennessee football football recruiting basketball basketball recruiting tennessee baseball lady vol sports where maria cornelius does an excellent job covering all things lady vols for us got two forums that are open all the time for fans to come and discuss anything they want that's not political or religious in nature those are the only two topics those are the only two no-go zones anything else you can talk about it all day on the checkerboard or the summit Uh, those are kind of the digital water coolers there tons and tons of fun stuff there and right now you can get all of that for just Guys, half off, 50% off right now, 50% off of an annual subscription, which is already a good deal. So take 50% off an already good deal. And on top of that, you get access to CBS All Access, which is about to become Paramount Plus, which has everything I just mentioned earlier in this segment. So I won't repeat myself this time. 
But basically what that means is you are getting $100 plus of annual value for free every year as long as you are a member of GoVols 24-7. Again, I repeat, a $100 plus annual value that we just put in your pocket for nothing if you're a member of GoVols 24-7. It's, it's just... It's it's one of the best deals out there, and you really should take advantage of it. Please also rate and review this podcast. Please mash the subscribe button on this podcast. Say that five times fast. And please, please do that because nothing you can do out there helps us more than that. Uh, if nothing else, you should hear from us by... Oh, Monday, uh, unless something crazy happens over the weekend, which is always possible. This is Tennessee. Never know. Uh, But until then, until the next time you hear from us, please wear your freaking masks. Please wash your freaking hands. Please be freaking nice to each other. Please sign up for and get that vaccine. Please, please, guys. We are so close. The numbers are finally looking better. We can do this. We can do this. Sign up for and get that vaccine. Let's do this. Let's get through this. Let's get back to the world as we know it. Let's get back to that world before we forget what it was like. Please. That's my PSA. I'm out. See y'all. Be good.